The Chaser Report is sponsored by your favourite fast food chain, Red Rooster. Contrary to popular belief, we're still open, so come on down. Located right beside your local drug dealer's favourite hideout. Fine, we are the hideout. Red Rooster. Striving for mediocrity in a world of excellence, this is The Chaser Report. Hello and welcome to The Chaser Report on Wednesday the 8th of September 2021. Today we have Charles Firth, Gabby Bolt and I'm Dom Nice. Hello. And the big news this morning is it is exactly one year since Scott Morrison built that wonderful cubby house. Um, uh, remember in his backyard? We're starting yeah. with this. This is the news that you're going to yes. pick? One year anniversary today. Um, I've got some of the photos that he wait, posted on Instagram oh, and Twitter. Charles, what? Wait, you're not gonna you're not gonna throw in anything about I don't know the women's safety summit that Scott decided to headline himself. And no, well, no, no. Grace Tame, friend of the get, show, you know, completely yeah. criticised him. Let's get back to the big issues, which is he he posted this cubby house and it is just awesome. Like okay. it's got this sort of brown uh, structure. And right. then this green roof. It's just, I mean, it is a, me- a feat of modern engineering. Wonderful uh, cubby house that is now a year old. Um, what have you become, Firth? You're a shill. Got You're a shill. for this episode? The coal companies? Oh, I just, I What's just going on? It's really sweet. I think, I think he's just, you know, he's a bit of a knockabout dad. Um, the Chaser Report, now sponsored by the LNP. What, what's going on? All right, you all right, Charles? Charles? Let's talk about it. Why is it so good? Is it the fact well, that he actually completed a project? That he has left a legacy of some kind? Dom, let's not get it <laughs> twisted. Scott Morrison did not build this cubby house because if he had built this cubby house, it would just be a floor at the moment. Well, what we don't know is when he announced the cubby house, he probably t- told his kids in about 2011, kids, <laughs> I've got a cubby house on the way. Yeah, much like the real housing crisis. It is true that we don't know the the, the current status of the cubby house. And like, it may all well the images have been... online are, are from a year ago. Like, it was probably collapsed. a cubby house that Singapore built and didn't need and shipped out to us uh, as a, out of just mercy and pity. Look, if anyone lives near Scott Morrison, can can they just poke their head over the back fence and and let us know how the cubby house is going? The thing is, it's not actually a cubby house, Charles. It's an investment property for his daughters. <laughs> that cubby house is probably I, nicer than my actual house. I've just realised. I think it's actually a chicken coop because it's got some um, got some hay. Next to it. Oh. Well. Oh, wait a minute. No, no. Actually, no. Sorry. The cubby house is different. Oh, no, the cu- cubby house is shit. The kid's really disappointed. Sorry. Anyway. Um, it's yeah, probably okay, just well, a let's... prefab thing he got from Bunnings that he just like put one screw in and went, there you go, kids. I'm off to Canberra again. Charles, I just think we need to aim a little bit higher in terms yes. of talking about what's in the news. I agree. That's a year we- old. Yeah, we shouldn't be talking about his cubby house. We should be talking about the chicken coop that he Actually, made. Charles, I disagree. I think we need to one-up his cubby house. I think by the time we get back in yes. the office, there should be a cubby house for the interns. No, 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 In no, the middle no, of no. the office. Go no, on. No, we're not doing that. Why not? You'd be no. such a good dad if you did it. No, oh, everyone, yeah. would, everyone would love you. Well, and I, then I can cook you a curry. Yeah, and then you can run yeah. the country. No, 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 okay. no. No, Gabby, no. Scott Morrison do doesn't a run the country. Job. That's where the analogy ends. Charles actually runs a business. Oh, yeah, ah, yeah. true. Mind you, I'm about as good at marketing the business as he was at actually, marketing Tourism Australia. That is true. On today's show, the wonderful journalist Nick Bryant talking about his adventures in America, the subject of a new book, but he's back in Australia. And Alexa has come up with some interesting ideas of where to put the US military now that they're done with Afghanistan. But first, let's go to Rebecca Dana Muno in the Chaser Newsroom. 
In a desperate attempt to gain attention, the Victorian Liberal Party have made up some Matthew guy to be party leader. The unknown character is said to be so thrown together that the team responsible for creating him didn't even bother to add the finishing touches to his character before announcing him. I mean, seriously, do we even know what this Matthew guy's last name is? Scott Morrison has been slammed by the media, many members of the public and his own family for returning home via private jet on the Father's Day weekend. His wife Jenny and two daughters said that they were fine with the PM spending all his time in Canberra if it meant he'd actually do his job and that he shouldn't bother coming back to Sydney again until he'd fixed the lockdown that was his own stupid fault. A primary student has been found after a three-day manhunt this week after parents reported their child missing. Search parties started when parents were notified of the absence as they were certain their child had made it to school that day. Though police suspected kidnapping, the child was found days later mysteriously in class. It appeared the mix-up was entirely the result of the child responding away to their own name during the morning roll call. Those are the latest headlines for The Chaser Report. I'm 2021 Gold Logie winner, Rebecca Dayunamuno. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Chaser Report is sponsored by your favourite fast food chain, Red Rooster, who, by default, are Australia's second favourite chicken-specific fast food venue. Don't let the numbers fool you, Red Rooster. Man, I could really go a Zinger box right now. Anyone else? Before we get into our chat with Nick Bryant, just a reminder, this is only an excerpt if you're really into American politics and you want to hear the whole thing. Just head to your podcast feed and look for the bonus episode with Nick Bryant's name on it. Just listen to the whole of that instead of this. You'll love it. I promise. Nick Bryant recently finished up several decades working for the BBC as a senior foreign correspondent. He worked in Australia for many years. And then most recently, he was in the United States where he was up close for the whole of the Trump era. His latest book is called When America Stopped Being Great. So, Nick, you're obviously a great lover of America. Where did that begin? Because throughout the book, you're also quite critical of America. And yet you still seem to love it. Dom, I think my mind migrated to America long before I actually stepped foot in the country, and that didn't take place until I was about 16 years old. I mean, I was always more interested in Washington than Westminster. I could quote more presidential speeches than prime ministerial speeches. I mean, I guess like so many kids around the world. I mean, I just grew up on, you know, those great American kid shows, those those great American cop shows, and and I, I was just absolutely fascinated by the country. And when I went to America, it really consummated that, that sense because I arrived there at this extraordinary moment. It was the eve of the Los Angeles Olympics. It was this amazing summertime of American resurgence, really. I mean, America had been in the doldrums, what with Vietnam and Watergate and the Iranian hostage crisis. And then in 1984, they hosted the Olympics and they had this modern day gold rush. I mean, you remember they won virtually yeah. every medal, it seemed, because of the Soviet boycott. McDonald's had this scratch card promotion at the time, which they decided to do before the Soviets had boycotted, where if you scratched off the card and 
the event that you got, they won a gold. You you got the Big Mac, the silver, you got the fries, the bronze, you got a Coke. And I basically feasted that entire summer on free fast food. And whenever I hear the chant USA, USA, which basically echoed throughout the country in that summer of 1984, I kind of think that somebody's going to hand me a free burger. And I really fell in love with America at that stage. I love the sense of possibility. I love the sense that people thought their lives were going to be better and their kids' lives were going to be better. And I guess that's something that really changed. I noticed that when I went back to live in America about eight years ago. Um, people just didn't seem to believe anymore in the American dream. And so when Donald Trump says the American dream is dead, I think you know millions of voters actually agree with him. And it's interesting you mentioned 1984 because so much of the book is, is about Ronald Reagan and how he really changed America in a very enduring way. And certainly there were plenty of aspects of that that I wasn't really across. Um, in what way did Ronald Reagan create the America that we see today? Well, in 1984, of course, Ronald Reagan perfectly encapsulated the mood of the country when he came up with that ringing slogan, it's morning again in America. That was his re-election slogan. They came up with this amazing ad that was probably the most successful political ad in US history. And Ronald Reagan won 49 out of 50 states, a landslide. You don't get landslides anymore in American politics because the country is so divided. But you did back then. He would have won 50 states if it hadn't been for just a few thousand votes in Minnesota, which is where his Democratic opponent, Walter Mondale, came from. And so um, Reagan, you know, seemed to be this sort of unifying figure, somebody that could bring the whole country together. But, you know, on reflection, Reagan was really the godfather of polarization in so many ways. Um, he first emerged in 1964, which was an incredibly polarizing year because that was the year that the, the Civil Rights Act was passed. Reagan opposed it. Um, it was the year when the whole landscape of American politics changed. I mean, prior to 1964, the, the South used to be Democrat. They hated the Republicans because the Republicans were the party of Abraham Lincoln. But after 1964 and the passage of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, which, which basically ended segregation in the South, the South started becoming more reliably Republican. And Ronald Reagan was a part of that. He opposed the Civil Rights Act. But there are other ways in which he sort of brought about polarization. He really brought together the modern day conservative movement in its present form, this alliance of gun enthusiasts, evangelical Christians, supply side uh, economists, um, people who really didn't believe that government had a major role to play in American life. And I think also in the Reagan years, you had that sort of greed is good ethos um, that really changed corporate America. Prior to 1980s, I think corporate America really did try to look out for, for everybody that worked for the corporations, whether you're the lowest paid or the highest paid. But what we saw in the Reagan years was this massive dis dis discrepancy between executive pay and shop floor play. And one of the reasons why America is so polarised is because the economy is so polarised. And we really see the beginnings of that during the Reagan era. There were sort of echoes of Trump, even when he first started, wasn't there? There was a real show business to, to his, the way he operated. Yeah, I mean, the obvious thing to say, obviously, is that the movie star president paved the way for the reality TV star president. But it goes a bit deeper than that, because Reagan really did create the modern presidency. And the modern pre presidency is a very performative presidency. So much of it is about what you do in front of the camera rather than what you do behind the scenes 
in the kind of nitty gritty of day to day governance. Um, Reagan really wasn't a full participant in his own administration in the same way that Trump wasn't. There's a great story of uh, Jim Baker, who was his chief of staff. He became his secretary of state, famous Texas politician, um, real sort of black belt in Washington, complained to Reagan the night before a vegan economic summit that he just hadn't done his homework. And Reagan looked at him and said, Jim, you've got to realize the sound of music was on last night. And that personified, <laughs> you know, Reagan devoured movies. He watched something like 360 during the course of his presidency in the same way that Trump devoured cable TV news. Mm. Um, you know, Reagan was always looking for the big set piece uh, foreign affairs speech, the most famous one of which obviously was in front of the Brandenburg Gate when he told Gorbachev to tear down this wall. Reagan really created the modern day State of the Union, those moments where they look up into the balcony and they cite these human heroes with these stories that personify or supposedly their political agenda. You know, that was a Reagan invention. Um, he really turned it into a performative presidency where the people who occupied the White House had to be performers. And it is not a coincidence that, you know, up until Trump, there was only one one-term president. It was George Herbert Walker Bush. He was probably the worst performer on TV. And I think that's one of the reasons why he became a one-term president. This was just a small part of our conversation with Nick Bryant about all things American and his return to Australia as well. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Chaser Report is sponsored by Red Rooster. All those other fast food chains complaining about how their profits were hurt by COVID, but not us, you know? We saw little to no difference. So swing on by to Red Rooster, please. Now, we all know that the withdrawal from Afghanistan did not go terribly well in this game of things, uh, but not only with the problems left on the ground there, but Alex has discovered a whole new category of problem. Hey, Alexa. Hey, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite worried, I'll be honest, guys. Um, I mean, the, the withdrawal, yeah, is a problem, but I mean, even if it went perfectly, what we're left with is just a bunch of soldiers and military equipment, and they're just sitting there, and mm. there's, there's nothing we do with them. That's a huge problem, like, yes. for, for the military-industrial complex. You know, time's money. You can't just have these guys sitting around. And I, I think, you know, we, we often come up with great ideas on this show, so I was thinking maybe we could work out... Um, where we could put the military, where the US military could go. So you're saying they've all flown back, that final plane left, they're now just sitting in bases when they could be doing they, stuff. They That's could be doing true. all the great stuff they were doing in Afghanistan, but somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, what I think should happen? I think they need to invade Western Australia uh. because we need Western Australia back. They're not opening their borders. They're basically... As far as I can tell, a, a gulag, really. You're not allowed to leave Western Australia. It's mm. sort of North Korea-esque. I think we need to call the troops in. I think I think the US forces, it, I mean... You reckon we couldn't do it ourselves? <laughs> well, we, if we did it ourselves, it, it would probably be over in a couple of months. The US forces would take 20 years, and in the end, Western Australia would win. <laughs> and if you're talking about um, wars conducted on Australian soil... 
My theory was, you remember the emu war thing yes. where Australia tried to uh, get rid of emu, uh, wild emus on two separate occasions and the emus won. I reckon if the US nuclear forces came in and the yes. drone strikes, I reckon we could actually win the third emu war with US help. No, I just think like the amount of people in the army that are just army men. Like I think we're reducing them to being one thing here, guys, which is like you know killing machines. But what mm. you don't know is that there are multi multi departments in in the army and in the armed forces. For instance, um, the music section. Oh yeah, there's, there's a adjustment. So you know, um, yeah, Broadway's opening back up, and I hear. There's talks of putting the sound of music on again, and there's oh. always a call for the Nazis in that show. Yeah, so we should just give them something to do. I, I like I like the entertainment angle. You know, I'm personally like so sick of um, modern war movies and CGI. Mm. Right, like, it just looks so shit. You know, it barely satiates the the deep urge I have to watch people dying for entertainment. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I think they need to put the military back into Hollywood. Like I remember back in the day, you had Top Gun. Those were like sick jets and like actual military technology. I'd love to see a like a drone in a movie. Yeah, and it's, and it's and it's win-win. It's also just great PR for the military. You know, like right mm. after the Vietnam War, they did Top Gun. You know, along with the Pentagon, and attracted heaps of new Navy recruits and made yeah. the military look cool. Yeah, and fuck knows Charlie Sheen needs work, <laughs> so he'd be well, he popping he, back into a war film. It'd be fine if he was at the receiving end of a drone strike. I would support <laughs> that. <laughs> and also rom coms. Don't don't. I mean, it doesn't just have to be war movies, does it? No, they could be really useful in rom coms. What would they do? You know, like the the meet cute could be oh. like go out with me or I'll shoot you in the face. Or yeah, meet cute kill. Well, if, if we're doing um, things for the entertainment industry, I mean, one country that um, is really good at knowing what to do with a whole lot of spare people is North Korea. I want to see U.S. soldiers in stadiums. You know how they make those incredible oh, pictures yes. with the pieces of paper? It's a pointless it's activity that takes years and years of training just for no reason. I think the US Army should do that. That would be much better than ruining the world. No, no, Dom. Actually, your mention of North Korea means I think that they should re-prosecute the Korean War so that we can get MASH back. Oh. Be- because cause if they start restart the Korean War, there'd be a reason to bring back MASH. That, that sounds like it more of a downside, Charles. But um, at least, at least I, I think we're I think we're getting a bit too carried away. We need to think outside of entertainment, more practical stuff. Yes. Like, well, you know, stuff that we experience every day. I'm thinking, you know, they could help out on the streets of Sydney. You know, we got the yes. Australian military now to control COVID, but the numbers mm. keep going up, which means obviously we need more soldiers. There aren't enough. Um, mm. And mm. I also think our, our military sucks. Like, imagine what guys could do with the, with the US technology. Yeah, I want to yeah. see five troops for every citizen in Western Sydney. Like, <laughs> no, that anyone yeah. goes out their door, they just get absolutely swamped by well, American yeah, soldiers. You, you, can't, you can't get mad at Western Sydney if there is no Western Sydney. <laughs> well, I think, I think drones are like the perfect technology for this. So they've been social distancing since before COVID. You know, you can, yeah. you can blow shit up in another oh. country from, from a basement in Nevada. So it's like, mm. you, can't, you can't get the virus that way. They're also they're also great at um at spotting weddings, um lots of illegal gatherings. They could they could really yeah. put an end to those. You know what though? I actually think just if we took COVID out of the uh, equation for a bit, I reckon like just removalists. I'm sick of moving. Oh, that'd be I amazing. I like imagine if like every time you had to move because everybody in this country will have to rent for the rest of their life. Mm. Um, every time you had to move, just like seven or eight soldiers. Yeah, the army bad. just like rocked up and grabbed all your shit. So wait, so they withdrew from Afghanistan, and you're proposing just constant withdrawals, just withdrawing from houses, just yeah, <laughs> taking shit, yeah, Actually, taking I've, shit that doesn't belong to them and putting it in another place that doesn't belong to them. I've got a more direct solution to that, which is you just get 
the US troops to turn up at auctions and any time an investor outbids a first home buyer, they just shoot them in the face. They could evict all the boomers. Yeah. They could go around the whole of Australia and just kick boomers out of their investment properties. You wouldn't have booming house prices. I love it. I love it. Shoot one, it's educate a thousand. I mean, I guess one thing they could do if they've got all this time and, and hundreds of thousands of troops not doing anything is maybe, you know, protect their own government the next time a bunch of idiots turn up and try to overthrow it. Um, nah. nah. They'd never do that. <laughs> Shit I did, Dom. The Chaser Report. News you can't trust. All right, you've been pulled over for an RBT. Licence and registration, please. Oh, uh, sure. All right. Okay. Uh, I'll just hold on to these. So, can you two please define your relationship for me? <laughs> um, wait, what? What does that have to do with drinking? Oh, sorry, this is an RBT, a uh, relationship bubble test. Now, answer the question. Oh, um, okay, well, if you must know, I... I I don't like to put labels on on anything. Are you, are you serious? Oh my god, here we go. Are, right are you are you kidding me? Okay, stop pressuring me. You know I don't want to take things too fast. Too fast. <laughs> too fast. It's been four months. Why am I even in this car? That is a good question. Why are you in this car during lockdown when only intimate partners are supposed to be meeting? Shit. Um. We. We're in love. Uh, I'm, I'm like yeah. so in love. Wow. wow. Uh, oh my god. The apple of my eye. Uh, yeah. Love him. Love wow. All, All the right, love. lovers. I've got some questions for you. Uh, when's your partner's birthday? Oh, their birthday. Um, it's the twelfth, twenty twentieth of March. Babe. June. Babe. June. June. It's today, babe. Uh, and, and I thought today was the twentieth of June. You always turn these things on to me. So I'm hearing that your partner's a Gemini and your licence says you're a Pisces. Not sure that's going to work out long term for you. Next question. Who's the big spoon in this relationship? I am. I am. Obviously. Wait, what? what? Christ. No, I am. Four months, you say? All right, Romeo and Juliet. Okay, I'm going to need some hard proof. If you two could just kiss for me, please. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> cut. I can turn off my body cam or get some mood music if that would help you get in the zone. No, we don't need any I mood don't. music. We're not kissing I for you. That, is that legal? I, I don't. Attention all officers, we have a code 6-9. Someone trying to plan an orgy in Ruddy Hill. Officers are to engage lethal force. Look, guys, I've got to go. So, final question. Do you two think you'll ever get married? Oh, well, no, you know, I'm certainly no, open to... isn't for me. What? Wait. You, okay, so why are you together then? <laughs> yeah, why are we together? I think that's a good point. No, I. This, this isn't over, is it? I don't know. Maybe it should be. Maybe this is it. Why now? Yes, what? it's over. Haha, <laughs> so you aren't together anymore. Sweet. That is a $5,000 fine for breaking lockdown. What's happening? <laughs> Why? so mean. Don't thank me. Thank Gladys. <laughs> I guess it's cheaper than a wedding. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Chaser Report is sponsored by Red Rooster. What do you want? Cookies? Gravy, chips, delivery, fine, I'll do it. Just buy our chicken, please. And you know I'll do stuff that the other restaurants won't let you do. Thigh stuff, breast stuff, stuffing stuff. You know you want it, you dirty little red rooster, baby. Just before we go, I realised I didn't ask you, Gabby and Charles, the question we all ask each other this week, which is, uh, mm. what did you do for Father's Day? Did you catch up with your dads? Did you, you know, have a beer, a barbecue, uh, some special time? Uh, um, no, I mean, that's... It's not allowed, Dom. No, we, yeah, but we, my dad lives in Victoria. I can't I, I'm legally not allowed to see him. Mine's uh, in the News Corp building, and security won't let me in, <laughs> no matter how much I ask for Gabby, Andrew. Andrew Bolt is not your real dad. No, I know, but my actual dad lives in the Central Coast, and yes, I haven't been able to see but him. Why not? I mean, all you've got to do, right, is you just got to book a VIP Royal Australian Air Force jet. Oh, get a special really? exemption from the Chief Health Officer from the lockdown. And then just fly to Sydney what? for the weekend or wherever your parents are. That's what you do, at least if you're the Prime Minister. Uh, oh. Yeah, Scott Morrison did exactly that. And it turns out it's actually the second time during the lockdown that he's flown um, between the ACT and Sydney and got an exemption. He just does it all the time, which is right. a great way of really living the consequences well, of your own policy failure. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, nothing it, says we should follow the rules quite like a dude telling us to follow the rules that he himself then goes and breaks. Yeah. But, but mind you, you know, like, it is a crisis. Like, he, he's known for jetting off during a crisis. Yeah, that's true. I don't hold a syringe, mate. Mind yeah. you, I do think that if I had the option of jetting anywhere in the country and completely evading lockdown, I don't think I'd go and choose to see <laughs> no. my kids. Or to go into Sydney. <laughs> the first thing. Sydney's yeah. really depressing right now, Scott. Go yeah. somewhere else. Go to the beach. Do you think he was just actually checking in on the cubby house? That's probably what <laughs> you think. You think actually the, the kids went, oh, Dad, you're coming home. Oh, that's, that's great. Oh, hey. We're having another curry, are oh. we? Oh, hey. great. Thanks. Yeah, the kicker would have been if he'd flown yeah. home for the weekend for Father's Day yeah. and not spent a single amount of time with his family. I think yeah. that would have been really funny. All right, guys, I'll just be in my office. The best thing is, though, is the way that he always does his stuff and then is deceptive about it. Like, it's just his instinct. He, the, I'm looking now at the mm. uh, the photo that he posted on Instagram and it's got a picture yeah. of him and the two girls and his wife, the political props, and a dove because that's what you do. You mm. pose with doves. And it just says, mm. on the day this photo was taken of our family together earlier this year, I was reminded of just how precious that gift is. Now... He was with his family on the day, but he didn't do a photo from that day. Oh, no. He posted one where he wouldn't no. get into trouble. And we only found out yeah. because some nerds were watching the the, um, the aeroplanes. You know how they always look at the flight scanners? And they noticed a Royal yeah. Australian Air Force VIP jet going between Canberra and Sydney. I love it. This is literally revenge of the nerds. It's I awesome. love it. If you want to leave us a review... <laughs> Please go to Apple Podcasts. We read them out every Friday. Um, Accuries from Road Microphones. And we're part of the ACAST Creator Network. Catch you tomorrow. See ya. Bye.